Hi. Welcome to episode 4, chapter 2. I'm your host Noel Woodward and this is For the Love of. For the Love of Adaptations, Normal People by Sally Rooney. For this episode we dive deep into the wondrous, messy, complicated and also relatable world of normal people. From Connell and Marianne's love affair to the impeccable casting decisions and from the magical filming locations to the inspired musical score. There's going to be a bit of everything. And yes, we will be bringing up Connell's chain that's gone viral as well. What in the world was that about? So tune in as we dissect the show, the book and what's next for the characters as we continue our conversation with Sampada and Swayam. If you haven't heard chapter 1, I suggest you head on over and listen to that first. So sit tight as we head back to the world of normal people. Hi guys, welcome back. Hello. Hi. Hi, what's happy up? Happy to be we back. Always, we always we always we are in a sync. Sampada and I say hi together. Yeah. <laughs> you say <laughs> hi together. Good thing. Yes, so this is the second part of Normal People where we talk about the show, the cast and the narrative. Uh Swayam, I think we ended part 1 with you talking about editing. Hmm. Yeah, I remember we will How seamless you need to make it when you're Yeah, uh, seamlessness of it. and how yes. you do it on your podcasts probably um i'm still getting there it's not quite there yet <laughs> striving for it striving for it is the yeah striving towards that yeah main intention so yeah i think we ended it on the right note and now that uh, i think about it um because we were talking about sound and editing so it makes sense to segue into the Ooh. music now Ooh. i think when it comes to the music they absolutely nailed it especially with one track in particular that uh, kind of epitomizes the entire premise of the show hide and seek by emojin heap uh for me it's easily the most powerful and moving track in the show and yeah. that montage that follows you know it's impeccably it's been impeccably shot and perfectly encapsulates the sensitivity and yeah, the level of detail that's gone into it so i'll play a bit of it not too yeah. much i don't want these guys to come after me with copyright infringements so here goes Love this song, man. It's very old, but it's still relevant. इसका हिंदी वर्जन है रंग दे पसंदी में लुक्का चुप्पी No. What nonsense, Lucky? I don't know. It's just called Luka Chupi, which is hide and seek in Hindi. I'm just. Sampada. <laughs> I actually. But I said it so convincingly. I don't blame you. Okay. Yeah, you're sounding so convincing. <laughs> I can't believe. 
self-finished. <laughs> Bro, this one is a more casual part of the podcast. I feel we're more casual today. We warmed up too much last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so the best part about the song and also whoever added the track is a genius because the best part is apparently the song was written about the separation of her parents and when she says crop circles in the carpet, it probably means furniture has been moved out and all that's left are uh, the imprints while oily marks appear on walls where pleasure moments hung before, alluding to the removal of pictures and photographs. Essentially, remnants of the relationship. How you putting it, Noel? It it seems like this song was made for the show somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's fallen into place so well. Yeah, I, I read about that somewhere, and I think it's kind of ironic on one level because um, using a song about two people falling out of love, while it plays out in the second episode, and um, which is basically just, the start yeah. of a love story. Yeah. It's perfect for the show. Especially the car shots. There was a whole montage with the song, which was yeah, yeah, kind of slow and rhythmic. Yeah, and it was nice. I, this is one of the songs I remember. Otherwise, I remember Frank Ocean being there somewhere. Some tracks from Frank Ocean were there. A lot of other artists. So yeah, there are a couple of songs that I really liked. Uh, are there any that you remember? Because I've got around three to four listed down in front of me. I don't remember the names, but definitely soundtrack for the entire show was um, was very much spot on. That really let you feel the correct things at the right times, and I think it's very important. Like a lot of shows, I don't know. I I know obsessing over Breaking Bad with Swayam long time ago, and how mm. there was a playlist and his phone cut ringtone was uh, Breaking Bad for the longest and i remember he had the hyundai playlist and we used to talk about all the songs these songs were not in the show but these were at the end so that was one of the few shows where i stopped and like really listened to each song cuz they encapsulated the entire episode so however the whatever the emotion was throughout the episode was how the music was in the end it leaves you with the same thought so i think that's why this if very few i don't know not like some really clever people clever shows have that capacity to have that throughout the series where the music is doing justice to what you're feeling and how the actors are presenting the story yeah interesting how sampada brought up breaking bad because uh, the the way they have curated music for their own uh, whatever fits well in their show as they just done justice to it in this space also uh but apart from just not creating music curating is uh, yeah. another right. risky borderline decision to make you know which can make your show seem like a very music videoish you know kind of wanna be but uh, it's a very it's a very sensitive space to touch and they've just they've just uh, touched the material and the soundscape like some other said overall yeah it's just done just such justice hmm. they haven't created an ost i think there's nowhere there's like an original sound uh, created if i'm not wrong i don't know like because i i don't know a lot of artists there's a lot of irish artists in there yeah yeah, yeah. there were a lot which of makes, irish artists yeah which makes it uh, true to the space the location but generally like as i said frank ocean is there i think there was one selena gomez track i don't remember the name yeah 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 so they had an interesting mix of irish artists with the the more contemporary yeah. peers matlab balance tha between the two and that balance worked really well i think there was some relatability also in didn't seem convenient at any point where 
music I think it was because they wanted to put you in that zone where you're mm. extremely uncomfortable yeah. and it feels as if you're with the characters in the room. I think that just adds to the authenticity of the performance. As much as you need sound, you also need to know when you need to dial it down and that yeah. was extremely smart on their part. Yeah, it's all yeah, it's always like in the performances it's about holding back it's about the absence of music that creates that. Yeah. Like you mentioned the intimate parts it just becomes more um like for the sake of um, you know a film yeah that they're putting music this seems more real because then you actually know there's no filler so you feel like maybe you're in the room with them awkwardly standing like the creepy third person but yeah. at the same time feeling a lot of things that i think a song is generally a, you know how the montage is just like that's a it's a stitching of different aspects of the show or maybe like from one scene to another you're progressing so you have like a nice stitch of things so i think it's a good decision or like it really adds value to the special moments and i think everybody's talking about those intimate scenes and how they go deep into it but i think the best part is that there is a balance of uh, how much they show of a woman and of a man in the relationship or in those films like it's not just from a man's perspective or like from the man's islands that they show just the girl's body or like you know in that direction that way it's a very very nicely um bal- like very beautifully crafted those scenes no matter how awkward they can get if you're watching with somebody but it's nice beautifully shot there's an entire playlist on spotify by the way i don't know if you guys know about that I am going to that now after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. There's so much music this again has given to explore. You know, like I love that about a show when I don't know so many artists and this can lead. You to actually more. had the playlist, no, Sayam, for Breaking Bad. I I remember it correctly, right? You had yeah, all yeah, this music for Breaking Bad. I remember of going course. through. Now my now my ringtone changed to Better Call Saul intro. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Which is another really good show. Very underrated. Extremely Sorry. underrated. It is very underrated. Yeah. Everyone forgot the universe after Breaking Bad and then they try to like bring back people with El Camino. And then <laughs> I mean whoever doesn't want to watch it is their loss ultimately. You've seen all everything, you know, up till till now, no no. Yeah, I've seen it. I'm up to date. But this is about normal people, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a couple of more tracks that I just wanted to quickly mention. Uh sometimes by Goldmund, uh one of my favorite ambient tracks now which I think has been used throughout the show as a recurring theme. And then there's another one called um Hey Now by London yeah, Grammar. That's a really nice one. I'm making notes. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> London Grammar is a great band. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're really good. I didn't know they had this song in the show but London Grammar I heard otherwise. So it played during the episode where they're raising money for the Debs. uh they're selling tickets and Marian goes onto the dance floor it's kind of like a remix version of hey now i remember this now yeah i remember this song when it comes she gets assaulted later on is that scene no yeah that scene and the third one is uh, did it to myself by ola gotland 
is that it's it's just a small little snippet at the very beginning of episode 2 i think and if you're not paying attention you can easily miss it oh yeah. i'm going to that spotify playlist after you know the pub song actually reminded me of the show called misfits which i saw a long time back yeah I it's also like a very british space yeah it's a good show and, though i didn't finish it i saw like you studied in a, uh, london sampada so you must be like aware of what how it's like there but and it's so nostalgic for anyone who's watching it there no like to just go back into the soundtrack and yeah because it's all existing music and then watching it with a story so i'm just going to jump from the music to talking about the narrative a bit and within this we're going to be covering a couple of major plot points so let's start with the part where both of them have left sligo um basically they're no longer together and they bump into each other at trinity connell is invited by one of his classmates gareth to a party and this is actually my favorite episode same especially after all that emotional turmoil in the first three episodes uh this is a nice and welcome break i feel you know yeah. fresh beginnings um the atmosphere yeah, of yeah. college just the environment has been captured really well i'm going to play the soundtrack now and after that we can talk about it there's someone on it to meet this is connell oh right hi connell waldron from beyond the grave <laughs> when did you take off smoking we were at school together no way garrett yeah he's here what is it come here you're going to want to hear this back in a sec Well, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Good. Do you like a drink? Ah, oh, Gary gave me this, so we can do better than that. I like how it starts with him being clueless in the class as well, and clueless in the sense that he's still has a lot of figuring out, and it's a new environment, and reminds you of your first day in probably a new. space and i like how they emphasize on how he suddenly around so many people like marian who have an opinion in just that aspect i don't know if he's thinking that but it's a lot to do with how it's so it's so true that every time you're in an institution or a school especially before you get into college or something everyone has a certain identity or like tags or multiple things that you're associated with but it it doesn't exist when you go out you kind of have there are so many other aspects probably not taken into consideration by children back then so i think this is where uh, connell comes from where he's suddenly in this open field with people who have all the opinions and you know they know what they want to do while he's still figuring out what he likes and what he doesn't so i there's a sense of relief also when he sees marian obviously awkward, but a sense of relief that there's somebody Familiar, somebody familiar there. In and a sense of, of concern along with it. Yeah, probably. Like, what happened to this girl? Like, I don't. Is it? And when, as an audience, also you're like taken aback, no? And this group discloses Marion in the middle of it, and the camera just comes tracking with Gareth, and now it's all coming back to me. Like Gareth yeah. and Connell, they walk towards uh, this new this girlfriend. He's gonna introduce Connell to, and it just turns out to be Marion. 
you saw it coming i saw it coming I yeah i did, did. I I did. because she said in the beginning that she'll be going in trinity and he should apply mm. yeah. i was just waiting for him to like bump into her i don't know how they but i knew that there's yeah. there has to be marian here but it can't be just him and trinity and not her so i was i was actually waiting for it but how it how it unveiled and how it happened was it was very nice how she's around people that's um, that's a surprising uh, start to their meet maybe what i saw coming was that that marian's going to be at that party but mm-hmm. then it, she is yaris's girlfriend and then that was yeah. a little surprising i thought she's going to be one of the friend but she's completely transformed again and I, we talked about this before i thought it was going to be like a turn of tables sort of a mm-hmm. plot point and nothing like that happens which is even more yeah no but he does connell does feel out of place right he's like a fish out of water at this point i think just one thing that really struck was how i don't know like not a lot i don't know who's watched it in our concept but for us like growing up in an indian context i feel like it's also touched for me it touched upon the fact that you know you need to have opinions like we we are in an education system which is a lot to do with rote learning like you give books and everything where you just like it's not the best way or it doesn't work that way in reality so that's something that really like you know how there there's a difference in the perception that's what i don't know that seems like that's how conan actually gets garrett's attention also in class he sees yeah. he's like a brilliant guy who is yeah who has who has been reading actually been doing the reading other students like just staffing that yeah exactly <laughs> i mean the, the the idea of that whole scene i think that that that's right it's actually um, yeah you've got that point spot on because i think it's mentioned in the book where rooney fleshes out conan's thoughts uh when connell looks around him and realizes that yeah. people don't really know what they're talking about um during <laughs> these reading sessions uh these people haven't really read the books but they have these opinions so he reads them pretty well and then puts in that extra effort and starts opening up a bit yeah there's another part of the scene that i found rather intriguing um you know right after this when they walk back into the house and marian offers him a beer So what's interesting is I don't know if you guys felt it at all but this was one of the first scenes that was shot oh, in the schedule yeah in the schedule but that chemistry oh, yeah? between Meskel and Jones is startling i for one didn't notice mm-hmm. it at all the fact that you've got these two actors who are relative newcomers yeah, yeah, yeah. who don't know each other to begin with mm-hmm. uh, but instantly light up the place getting the tone just right and that mm-hmm. too for a scene mm-hmm. that's almost in the middle of the show i found that amazing Wow, yeah, yeah. that is one really tough part of an actor's job, I think, to maintain continuity of emotion where, and just you know, kind of put it like a puzzle. And and again, with such a tough subject where Sally is putting their thoughts and yeah, you know, and they have to like convey it with expression. Neither of us have read the book, but I think we kind of like um, it, it conveys it properly. Then, well done, film. Yeah, because. yeah. Yeah, this whole uh, the curse of scheduling actually is the the it's a curse. It's a big curse because there's no like nobody in the world is actually budgeting a show with shooting scenes in a continuity. So, but why do we do that? Like, uh, is it something to do with the locations or or mostly? What? Yeah, it's basically trying to wrap up the locations first, and you know, just kind of do all the scenes there day night. You know, schedule it like that. So they just shoot a bigger chunk in a day. Okay. It's with costume changes and it's a it's a huge 
<laughs> but, you know, to to make a show this seamless, it's it's you actually can't tell. Na. Like we couldn't tell if beach yeah. me shoot to our. Oh, either jump or anything. Coach, you can't tell anything because that's the, the, because the workshops and mechanics are like yeah. This. It also has a lot to do with the you know the bookings in advance. If they're shooting on location, then they need permissions. This, that, the other. There's a whole lot of parallel production is going on. Yeah, creative is different. But I think they've done it well. So moving on from the college atmosphere of Trinity, another point I want to touch upon is consent. The way they handle consent in the show, I don't think I've seen anything that comes close to what they've been able to do. Let's listen in. What? Would you would you ever like um, or would you want to uh, want to what? Like uh, send me a photo. A photo. Yeah. Like a. Uh, a photo of the viewer? Uh, no, not a, not a photo of the viewer. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> a photo of you. Preferably. Preferably. Sure. Only if you want it. So. <laughs> All right. Like I delete it. Why are you deleting it? What's wrong with my hypothetical picture? No, it's not that. It's more so. Uh, <laughs> it's for you, for your privacy, for your reassurance. Oh. the connotation of uh, consent basically i feel there's a big midpoint scene where uh, as we were just speaking about jamie and they have a fight marian and jamie have a fight at yeah. the holiday home and then connell just they just sleep in a separate room and connell and marian share the bed and then again there's like this uh, there's a heated up moment but marian just draws away from it and then they're just talking like friends afterwards where she's telling him that uh, i didn't tell you about my family and all because i thought you you think i'm damaged and it's a friendship no more than i don't know what do you guys feel it's just it's along with this physical intimacy and their whole romance going on there's a lot of friendship i think that's where the consent really roots from otherwise if it was just something which had to do with the physical aspects or being friends with benefits sort of you know in the very layman terms of just understanding how this relationship was going it just really roots from friendship and how they actually are connected on a deeper level yeah there's a sense of purity i feel that exists yeah. within their relationship um, which is nice to see on television especially since you've got all these shows springing up for example sex education so different mm. shows do it in different ways uh different films do it in different ways as well 50 shades of gray takes it to another extreme altogether so yeah when it comes to consent uh they decided not to sweep it under mm-hmm. the carpet and not take it for granted yeah. apart from this there are two other topics that they've highlighted mm-hmm. the second is abuse and the third deals with mental health and dealing with the loss of a friend Yeah. They've kind of wrapped all this together really neatly. I mean, it's all there in the book, but bringing it to life is a whole different ball game. And these are things that, you know, we've just started talking about. These are things that unfortunately have not got the attention and awareness they deserve. I think now right now is more of education. Like people are getting educated about it and it's not it's still not entirely um a common practice or common awareness. so i think there's a long way to go but like things like this where it's not like their intent is not to talk about this but because how 
casually it's a part of a story is what really makes you believe that this is how you know these things are very normal they should be a part of a normal journey rather than just like a revolutionized way of talking about it you know whether it be consent or um whether it be abuse or depression yeah. these are things that happen yeah. acknowledge them and probably correct them yeah yeah i think uh, when it comes to film and television these ideas and concepts tend to percolate down into society it's um, it's subliminal but uh, but powerful all the same people don't talk about this and kind of take films for granted but a whole lot of uh, the thoughts themes concepts that are conveyed through films have a message and to some degree do affect society as a whole the more they try to talk about these things and actually acknowledge them to begin with um i strongly feel that's the way forward a step in the right direction and a lot of people will learn and gain from it works like yeah. mirrors no reflecting uh, reality in film and like you spoke about sex education i think that's a completely different show but then how it also deals with uh, you know hitting puberty it's and genre is different but they're uh, dealing with similar like, like you know just talking about something uncomfortable i guess yeah but i love how this one doesn't sensationalize yeah. uh, any of the whole uh, you know the fun in college teen because it's not like of, yeah it's not a herd yeah it's not like a even though that they have friends you know both cornel not marian but marian later on but cornel has friends and it's, it could have been easily become like they could have added few characters from like mm. made it a group yeah. show and then you know try to make it more relatable yeah. for all sorts of people out there who are watching because there's probably like other people like maggie and True. the other characters yeah. she has a, a bit of a chubbier flatmate who has a good yeah. like she's a good listener she's actually the one who's actually a mm. good friend to marian but coming back to the point of like what you spoke of mental health i think that's that's true is just reflective of how in re- real life these things are and you see it's it's a gain from these uh, visual mediums that people are g- gaining stuff from it but it's also sort of like it's yeah. like a feedback loop between the even two that, uh, even the part where um, like you're talking about abuse it's not the the part where her brother is being abusive at home i feel like the part where when they both her, his her mom and mariana are in the car that's that that definitely pinches more because she is an onlooker and completely okay with it because she can't think of a better solution or going to a good college and the fact that she should be more understanding of her brother because he doesn't have that that's that's bullshit like i feel like that's that's a part of abuse that's also there which is which personally i, I hated it like it's i mean more than anything else if you're an onlooker you you're just as much a part of it so i'll just play that track since you mentioned that scene you're very different you and your brother it's difficult for him and things are so easy for me honestly yes yes they are you're about to head back to dublin to your degree and your friends and your life mm. that exists outside of sligo that isn't the case for your brother It is very difficult for him, Mary. And that's my fault. That's not what I'm saying. You act like it is. That's not how I feel. 
Why are you living your life like that, with him dictating everything? Marianne. Does it make you happy? None of this makes me happy. Then why are you allowing it to be like this? What do you think I should do? Kick him out? How do you think I should handle this exactly? Because I'd love to have your insight. Because I'm trying to do the best I can. I don't want to miss my bus. Fine. Thanks for the lift. Brutal, brutal, huh? Marianne's yeah. going brutal in this one. Taking that thought further, while we're talking about abuse, uh, we are going to hop, skip and jump a couple of episodes. Wow, that's a lot of jumps from episode 6 straight to episode 9. <laughs> Uh, but it's relevant and is part of the larger story arc. Um, so the kind of abuse that Marianne has suffered and especially at home, she's kind of internalized that. And because of it, she feels like um, she needs to punish herself. She thinks that it's all her fault and that she's not a good person and whatever's gone wrong in her life is um, because of her this and the way she is. Uh, this is one of those scenes where she's being photographed by a boyfriend in Sweden at his studio. And she doesn't want to go through with it. But what's really neat about it is that there's this voiceover by Connell where she imagines him reading out an email. Um, that gives her some kind of reassurance, some kind of hope, and uh, a certain impetus to break free from what she'd become. And also realize that, uh, you know, there are people out there who actually care about her. I feel the scene is extremely liberating and it kind of suddenly lifts the mood of the episode. Listen in. It's been a while since I've heard from you. Is everything alright? I wonder if I said something stupid in my last email. I hope not, but I'm sorry if I did. I know you told me the reason you're not coming home at Christmas is to do with your family, and maybe I shouldn't have brushed over that. I'm sorry to bring this up because I know we both feel awkward about it, but I haven't forgotten the things you told me when we were in Italy. And I hope you know that none of those things are your fault and there is nothing wrong with you. Open your eyes. I'm tired. Open your fucking eyes. You are a good person. And I say that as someone who really knows you. I know I reacted very stupidly that night and to be honest, I'm lucky that we're still friends because it was such an idiotic thing to do. Just because people treat you badly at times, and I include myself in that, by the way, it doesn't mean you deserve to be treated badly. A lot of people love you and care about you. I hope you know that. No. Don't make this hard on yourself. I don't want to do this. I think um, what you said about punishing herself she also talks about it like that cafe scene that I mentioned. I think this is before where she talks about, she describes her um, intimate relationship with Jamie and how she talks about she, she needs something more like, you know, other things as well. Like, um, I don't know, something about her, him hitting her, like while having sex. And I think, she mentions that she needs those things to feel while she's with, while she didn't need anything when she was with Connell. So I think this is like an exaggerated version of that over the years, or maybe, you know, just like 
obviously it's about her personal fights and struggles as well but also the fact that as a as a partner she's not happy in any way and that she's going ahead with it so i think yeah that's um it's like i think i love the fact that there's an email while he's the narration is uh this guy uh connell and she's in that situation so it's just like the fact that she knows that there is this person yeah. makes her change a lot of things and like try to rectify things in her life so that's quite beautiful yeah he sort of almost uh, turn tries to turn that conversation in the yeah. cafe into like a philosophical like you know he's not he's disapproving of that yeah. guy i think his name is daniel the guy who hits her with a belt and uh, so he sort of sees that she deserves better you know and i think that validation just resonates so much with uh, any of us like you know at, at 20 years old like like when we are so lost sometimes in this age i think that kind of validation from someone your age is not like obviously your parents are supporting you there must be a lot of people supporting you but that when it comes from a person that matters yeah. so much to you someone cl- uh, i think yeah somebody really counts probably in the sim- similar atmosphere as you are so you kind yeah. of feel like there's more I, it's nice to have and he says not knowing you knowing he says that like uh, to to like refuel her yeah. confidence in a way that i say that knowing you as a person takes the narrative way like it's, i don't felt i didn't feel at a, at any point in the story the narrative mm. was wasn't moving forward and it's just hard to think of anywhere just because otherwise the show is called normal people it has that mundaneness to it yeah i think broadly when you think about it the entire story is about two flawed individuals right and it kind of comes to a point where both marian and connell are kind of uh, struggling in their own little bubbles and this is the point where they touch upon mental health i think it's in the same episode um or it could be in the next i'm not sure so this was episode 9 where the email yeah. voice over happens and then she walks out of the studio and there are these really long expansive shots of the landscape the snow and the sky which brings it it brings in a certain sense of release a feeling of hope and also also what it means to be alive but in the next episode they bring that thing crashing down for connell where he's uh, going for therapy and he talks about his friend rob's death yeah. and he's struggling with it right depression sets yeah. in and he finally just breaks down i really feel paul mescal is at his very best here i think yeah. i want it now the therapy no yeah yeah but before you play like i i just just very small detail i remember now suddenly like there was this one point where he actually went to google and he hmm. said why yeah. can't i feel things which is like a such a petty detail but it's so relatable in these times where you just have nowhere to ask and you know just you turn to the internet how are they writing things man like (laughs) how is it so but it's also so so obvious and but still like it needed to be there everything that they're doing or they're feeling or they're saying it's so true everything of every part of it i think everybody goes through something similar for different reasons maybe but Yeah, yeah. Those emotions, and maybe not to such extent. Yeah, but like the emotion still remains the same. Like even that search, I think everybody has gone on Google and searched something ridiculous, and you're like so clueless. Yeah, and you don't know what to do. Ah, not that you're gonna go with it, but it's just that sense of comfort that there is some answer. 
some response to your yeah. question you feel normal yeah, after man. watching the scene and normally feel normal keep <laughs> this in the podcast no you don't have to cut it's <laughs> i won't i won't i'll just play the scene now people seem to like me everything and um uh here i don't think that uh people like me that much uh like uh, my friend who um uh i wouldn't say that we clicked on a very deep level or anything but uh we were friends and uh I wouldn't say that we had a lot in common in terms of interests or anything and uh definitely not politically enough that we ever uh, really examined that but um, that stuff didn't really matter in school cuz we were we were in the same group of friends so like no I understand that and uh he he did some stuff that I uh, I wouldn't have been a fan of in terms of like with girls but uh we were 18 you know we just uh, we act like idiots <laughs> I think I felt a bit alienated but that stuff and uh I think I thought if I moved here I'd feel better. I thought um I'd meet more like-minded people but that just hasn't wow man <laughs> this one like the gym like his true potential coming out you know payoff moment of the show and very moving very moving Yeah. very stunning like uh, everything that's been accumulating and boiling inside him just he tries to hold it back even though in this scene as well where he's trying to like but that's the point they've shown therapy really well i think in contrast to some satire shows that i've seen where therapy is shown to be like a yeah it's again like a different uh, message altogether but different context yeah it's a yeah. different context but yeah idhar to matlab in this space where you know there's been so much that has happened that's the sudden point. suicide it hits you yeah. which he thinks it's sudden yeah he's been yeah. ignorant to his friend and it's so yeah. relatable in the sense we we actually kind of dodge a lot of people these days you know because we are like really this is our yeah. time you know just very picky of who we yeah uh, and then later on it's just, so i read this very i think i'm just going to connect something yeah. i read recently about spirituality hmm. to this because I think that's what deep down you know that sort of realization that he's having this big awakening of how Rob had been somewhere trying to like get in touch with him and uh, somewhere you know when I read somewhere when it's, it's it's sort of like a stoic stoic practice of uh, waking up in the morning and thinking that the same day you're going to die that's the first thought you have in the morning and that's the thought that leads you to connect with all the people and all the things that you have kind of left pending and are procrastinating on or maybe you know can be relationship so i'm just going to make it brief and just this this scene actually took me back to that because 
I think he's so full of guilt in this. Yeah. But talking about his performance, I think we all know where he's. he's What was that movie, Dust Dania, with Vinay with Vinay Pathak? Have you seen that? It's from a Russian director. It's a yeah, Russian Dust yeah, yeah. Dania that was enacted. Mm. I think that's also about. Dust Dania yeah, means good. Talks about a man like he's constantly making lists all his life, and then suddenly he realizes that he's going to die. and then every day he's living with that attitude of um, you know he's just changed as a person i don't remember it, everything about the film but it was one of those um, very beautifully made films and obviously not as highly acclaimed as mainline mainstream films but um, yeah it's a good film but it's true like his acting commendable but it's just so it's it's um it's the tipping point i feel the but there's so much in him or like you know the silent things that he doesn't say or he doesn't acknowledge and personally also lets go of and i think that's what this scene kind of like gets everything together because he rambles on about maybe he starts with one thing but he keeps going on different things he doesn't talk entirely about one particular thing that he he randomly brings up marian also he brings up other things like everything that is on his mind is slowly coming out obviously he doesn't deep dive into any one particular problem but it just shows that how i think everybody has their own struggles and there's so much that they go on doing and you don't i mean you never know what's happening inside your head but i also want to say something about how he mentions you know he he expected this whole New world to be where he moves to Dublin and yeah, he finds like-minded nice people. There's this whole, oh, there's this whole ulterior move. Do you know? I don't know if you know, but like I, I don't know if you sh- somebody shared this one post about home. How you leave your home and you go outside and then you search for home, but you never find it anywhere. And then it's like it's just the memory. I don't know. You yeah. shared it with me or like it's a it's a famous but, quote. I, I think I've shared yeah. it. some at some point but so i i think i read it through really which has which i have still got in my phone which makes so much sense and i think that's what he addresses also at that time when he says that you know he was hoping to find that like minded mm. group of you but he still doesn't like everywhere you go you find like you're still there you're still yeah. not oh god so so on still lost he hates it there he can never go back and sort of relate to it because all the expectations you have from a new place is just it's just irrational to you know to have those kind of expectations because in internally you are damaged or internally you have to like grow up or move on hmm i think all of us have gone into a really contemplative state after that but yeah uh, we are nearing the end of the episode with the final sequence both uh, daisy and paul are stunning in this and that becomes even more evident as the scene plays out so here it is Wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. No, that's true. I mean, you'd be somewhere else entirely. You'd be a different person. Not me too. But we have done so much good for one another. You know I love you. 
And I'm never going to feel the same way for anyone else. I know. So Swayam, um, your thoughts on that ending? What about the end? It's just, it's just like how the rest of the story is, is just so ambiguous and like they leave you clueless, no? But it's amazing. It's alive. That's what I think of it. It's just short answer. It's just you don't know what's gonna happen, but but it's also that's the point, no? You know, like they drift apart, they're brought together. Ideally, like you would want to see them and ending up together. What what did you expect of the ending to be Noel Sampada? You guys. I mean, yeah. it is. Uh, you always expect um, a happy ending. I think a part of you always wants the show to end on a happy note, or like somewhere uh, for them to be together. But and it, it it was such a sad sad conversation of them sitting on the floor and how randomly it happened. It was not like a. you weren't expecting those thoughts so you weren't expecting those conversations but how just another day when she's helping he's helping her move out and then they're sitting sipping on coffee and how how naturally the conversation progresses for them to reach to a conclusion and then they realize it while having that conversation i guess that this is where it's um, it's going so it's uh, quite um it's quite some something it's very heartbreaking but i guess not every ending is a happy ending i really want to point out something something about the body language that i noticed throughout the show and even like in this last this whole scene where on the, they're on the floor they're sitting diagonally you know like they're sitting in a very sort of a comfortable but yet uh that it's a very uh, it's i won't say it's like an awkward position to sit in but it's not the most comfortable and it's not the most uh it's just the way it's like criss cross you know you wouldn't even want your legs to bring distance between the two of you yeah it also kind of signifies the emotion they want to convey right that they're at a crossroads yeah. and now they're going on their yeah, own yeah, separate yeah. ways so yeah you were saying crossroads exactly what i meant yeah that the whole body language there yeah It's the culmination of the entire show, where it's this mishmash of emotions. It's uh, kind of heartbreaking, yet it's joyous in a way because now they they sort of feel complete in some sense. They're no longer as insecure as they once were. I think bittersweet. Yeah, it's a bittersweet ending, and there's a sense of acceptance yeah. of who they are and what they want in life. I like what she says. Uh, she says in the end that you know we've done so much good. and like you know here because of me or like i'm here so i think there's also a sense of acknowledgement that the the time spent together that molded them to be the kind of people they are now so you can't you can't take that away even if even if it's a bit of sweet way of ending it but there's it's just like you know you grow with somebody you change as human beings for better or for worse but i think that's a 
that's what they that's how she says it and it's it's quite true but the ending in the book i mean the way it ends doesn't play out like it does in the show things are left open ended in the book while the show neatly wraps it up and there's a sense of closure which could be both good and bad depending on what kind of fan you are there's another thing actually which is a major spoiler and a lot of people don't know this even though they may have read and seen both the book and the show so sally rooney wrote a short story about um, Connell and Marianne called At the Clinic. I shared this with you guys, right? Yeah, I've also read upon this. I've not read the story, but yeah. I don't think I want to read it right now. Like, <laughs> don't read it. Uh, but I'm still going to say it. The thing is that uh, normal people, um, the very idea of the book actually started with At the Clinic. She wrote that short story first. Felt that she could explore these characters a lot more, and ended up writing the book, of course. But what's interesting is that the short story is based in New York, and both Connell and Marianne are very much present. So, at the clinic is actually the sequel to what we've been shown in uh, Normal People, and they maybe, really I do get back together then. going forward. So, there's your happy ending. <laughs> For those who want a happy ending, then I think if you want a really good happy ending movie, then you should check out The Big Sick. It's also a true story. <laughs> I love that movie. I love it. Kumail Nanjiani is. This is so off topic, but oh my god, that man is quite hot. <laughs> He's got a podcast as well. Yeah, I know. I haven't heard it yet, but like I know about it. Well, we've got to the end of the podcast, folks. Now to the most controversial and contentious parts of the podcast. So I am, if you could do the honors, drum roll, please. Yeah, Connell Shane. Is that what we are referring yes. to? Yes, <laughs> but, but before we come to that, uh, would you guys want a second season on Connell's chain? Not definitely <laughs> not on Connell's chain, but I wouldn't mind. I'm not going to be averse to it. I don't think I'd want a second season. I I think they just ruin it. Yeah, you never know. Like you know, you never. A lot of times they do end up making bad. Like it's a bad decision to make the second season, but I think you never know. I have good. I don't know. I believe in them. <laughs> Even if they do decide on doing a second season, I'm sure they'll do justice to it. But yeah, maybe they shouldn't. I think it's good like that. So let's say they do a second season. Then you think it's gonna take that excerpt from at the clinic, and then connect it from there. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I mean, they have no source material after that, so they have to build it on their own. It's a drag. Then. It'll be canon yeah. then, right? uh sally rooney will have to come up with stuff along the way and it won't be the same it'll be like fantastic beast then <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> a true portofan calling yeah. fantastic beast uh, and i i agree with that i don't think they can keep the magic if they drag it on to a second season i think the magic was there conal chain i don't really have a comment on that i think i was quite neutral to it apart from the fact it does add character in the sense that you see i don't know in what con- i don't know in what context it adds character to this young man in ireland but uh, he he has the this macho physique and uh, like he's a football player and you know I, i'm just speaking from a very female perspective i think it just adds like a yeah because 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 like you, you see it's just you know it's that edginess of of uh, something to hold on to maybe i don't know something i personally hate 
the chain. I loved the fact that there was a character in the show, and I liked how they played with it. And you know, there were different moments when the chain was in the focus. So from that point of view, yeah, great. But it's one ugly piece of chain. I'd never want it around. It's not nice. So you you would have preferred Connell without that chain. From so. the point of view of how, like you know, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't care. It's fine. I, I it's not a very pretty chain, but it added character. Like I read it somewhere. It talks about how there's a difference of um, uh, their living standard or whatever. Like there's uh, him being from a middle class family, and that's kind of the chain also represents and how they how this one piece of jewelry is there. So for with that with like you know the the thought that went behind it and why it was in focus in a lot of scenes when he's in the field playing football when he's um. sitting by the pool next to her or like a lot of times when he's nervous he plays mm. with it and all of that like i i loved it yeah. but after and i never thought of the chain while watching the show as a beautiful piece of jewelry but uh, at the end of it when i had searched on it and when you mentioned about this whole uh, there's an account on instagram and people are going crazy and the sales have gone up but i i think that's a bit too much people have too much time during lockdown so they're kind of losing their head but if you had to obsess over something why not the, that ring marian is wearing so that that is pretty and they do show it not enough but i think if i had to pick a piece of jewelry i'd pe- definitely pick her uh, and maybe her bangs too i wish i wish i looked as nice as she does with bangs <laughs> i think i was crushing on uh, marian more than i was crushing on connell to be very honest i think i was mesmerized with her she's very pretty even i was crushing on marian in case anyone was wondering no surprise not surprised <laughs> at all yeah so any <laughs> last thoughts guys before we wrap thank you noel <laughs> i think my that's pleasure, a big guys. thought my pleasure uh, in the sense that uh, i think we've just come a long way from first talking about from first you recommending us and we we watched it and then now today finally ending it yeah i mean i enjoy that uh, we can convert this into a regular segment on the podcast um, where we kind of pick up a show or a film or a book or something whatever we're doing we can kind of come back to it and talk 100%. about it i'd love that i'd love that because you know anyway we talk about all this stuff <laughs> yeah. and then might as well <laughs> yeah we might as well record it yeah <laughs> just thoda yeah. thoda technical kaam badh jayega for you <laughs> but it's, it's worth it no like these conversations are worth we anyway talk like it's so true like hum aise baatein karte no i would be a little more <laughs> <laughs> you know how all the parts noel is going to edit out is the <laughs> is how i would actually talk but you can make a different blooper <laughs> reel or something <laughs> i give you lots of content bro you all call me on podcast i give you lots of <laughs> cool i'll keep that in mind just one more thing before we end um conversations with friends um, sally rooney's first book is now in development if you didn't know also they're bringing back the same crew so nice. that's something to look forward oh, to they're making a show on that now yes i think my closing thought would only be to anyone who knows like who listens to this podcast is um just take your suggestions <laughs> always in this watch it Yeah. I think it's just easier. I don't have to go search for it, and uh, yeah, never yeah, disappoints. Yeah, yeah. And then you end up coming on a podcast and talking about it. So it's, 
I think this is a fun conversation. I think you've made it this far. You're definitely uh, following what Noel recommends. And yeah, man, for sure. Wow. Thanks, guys. Quite a note to end on. So I am to be suggested. <laughs> what I've been, what I've recently seen, I, I haven't seen. I was watching uh, Rami, the second season. It's also a Hulu show. Yeah, I'm watching Rami as well. I'm on the fifth episode. Oh, you're catching up faster than because I only reached three <laughs> till now. Yeah, but I started after him. Uh, like he was watching Dark when I was watching the first two episodes. I told him. So that gave me a bit of a complex because I'd already started the show and you were like you're on episode three and I was like I need to catch up. <laughs> But the first season I actually binged it so like I quickly finished it because the first season was uh, such a breeze. Yeah. Like it didn't feel like. Yes, was, this one is a little slow. It is. It is taking a little more patience. Yeah, and it's a little more uh, sensitive, but uh, like you know important areas to touch. But what are you watching, Sampada? I. This is this is some random yeah. uh, conversation we're having now. It doesn't have to go. No, no, this Unless will be part to. of the episode. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. If I if I'll say something clever. I'm watching. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> I've actually been not. I've not been. I've not watched anything new in a while. I think the last thing I watched was Normal People, and after that, I just watched Panchayat, and I think. I'm staying clear of uh, any shows at the moment. I watched De- Dave in the middle. That was also really nice. Oh, love that! Uh, that was a good, good. So, so original. Yeah, man. Actually, you know this. Uh, ra- see, like shows like Rami and Dave are like more personal stories. Yeah, and and like, directed and created and acted by the. Uh, it's yeah. so casual and like it's just very real. Like they don't. It's not very. I don't know the word, but it's just is very really. There are two other shows that I can recommend. One is High Maintenance, uh, which is an HBO show. You can catch it on Disney Plus Hotstar. So it's about this guy. He's actually called the guy in the show as well. Oh yeah, I've seen that. I think <laughs> it's like Big Lebowski saying the dude. <laughs> yeah. So the guy who plays the guy is Bob Sinclair, who is also the creator of the show. And um, well, the show is based around this weed seller in New York. who goes around on his bicycle selling all kinds of psychedelics and as much as it um, is about him it's also about the people he interacts with and meets it's about their stories as well so it's got an interesting interwoven storyline which um, makes it stand out as a very you know new york kind of show highlighting the diversity of the city um, as well as the struggles and problems of everyday new yorkers so it's a really nice show and the other one is on netflix it's called yeah. easy I think Wait, I it's by Jared Apatow. I could Jared be wrong and mixing things up here, but um, this again is one of those narratives where each character story is interwoven with the other in some small way or the other. And if you guys have seen Modern Love on Amazon, then I'm sure you really like this one as well. Have you seen Atypical? No, I started it and then kind of gave up midway. Yeah, I love that show. I love all three seasons. Hena, I think they've been very consistent with their writing and yeah. Wait, easy the American comedy drama. Yeah, no, I haven't seen. I saw Afterlife on Netflix with uh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, Ricky Gervais. This is not by Jared yeah. Apatow, is it? No, this is not Apatow. No, this is Joe Swanberg. Is it? Yeah, I thought I'd mix things up. Yeah, Swanberg. Yeah, this is not Jared, but yeah, I I personally loved. Um, That oh there was another one uh, like why Jada Apatow only the love the relationship between this 
guy, like nerdy guy and a girl. Yes, yes, that's love, love. Yeah, I confused Jada Apatow with that. Yeah, yeah, love, love is really. Good. Yeah, that's a very good show. Awesome, some great recommendations there. Yeah. Also, if you're if you're a Guy Ritchie fan, you should check out The Gentleman. I saw that film. Even though it's like. Yeah, but if you're a Guy Ritchie fan, I will. I will. And also another one, uh, Sampada. You know this one as well, Sunday Fun Day. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this is a good good show. So I'm. You have to watch this show. Sunday Fun Day. No, no, no. That's it's called You're the Worst. You're the worst. Yeah. That's another really good show. Great, guys. Uh, that brings to a close our fourth episode. A big thank you to Sampada and Swayam. Thank you. Thank you, Noel. We shall try coming up with more recommendations and convert this into an entire segment. And yeah, let's see. Thanks for having us, bro. Yeah, this is fun, guys. Thanks, Swayam. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. That was our fourth episode. A big thank you to Sampada and Swayam, and thanks for listening. Normal People really is a one-of-a-kind show that is essential viewing and should be right at the top of your list. I'll be linking quite a lot of stuff in the show notes, so do check that out. To keep up to date with whatever's going on, you can follow us on Instagram at For the Love of Podcast. You can subscribe to us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Reach out with your stories, thoughts, ideas, and write to us at connect at for the love of podcast dot in. See you next week, and thanks for listening. Stay safe. This is for the love of.